Hey everybody, welcome to my podcast. I hope you're doing well. I'm really looking forward to talking to you today, and I'm sure it's going to be a great episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. And hey, just as a reminder, if you enjoy what you're hearing, if you like what you heard, feel free to share this with your friends and family, and make sure you send me a message. Let me know what you thought. Make sure you you let me know if there's something I could have done better or something you'd like to hear me talk about. If something stuck out and you really appreciated it, let me know that as well. You can find me on Facebook, Kevin Blaney. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, I'm all over the place, but hey, reach out to me. Send me a text. Give me a phone call. I'd love to hear from you. Guys, let's get on with the show. Welcome back, everyone. Glad to have you here. And we're back. It's a new year. It's a new day. It actually is a new day. I'm recording this after midnight, so uh, so there you are. It's been uh, it's been interesting here lately. My flight training was stalled. I think I told you before about how things had gone. I had done my solo back on September the 4th, and it ended up our airplane hit a few geese and was down for about three months. The good news is after the plane came back, I was able to go up and do another solo. I was actually able to do two solos on my own out of the Fairmont airport. And that means I was able to do my flight from Fairmont to the West Practice area, which is over by Harrison Power Station. On the first flight, I was not able to go to the Clarksburg airport and do my maneuvers there. It was beginning to rain. It was getting a little cloudy. The clouds were actually coming down. The ceiling was coming down. So I made the decision to go back to Fairmont. And my second flight, I was able to do all the things I wanted to do. I could do the maneuvers out in the practice area. And I went to Clarksburg and did my uh, landings and takeoffs there before coming back to Fairmont. One of the things that happened whenever I was doing my first solo flight, I wanted to talk about this before I get into the topic of the episode this evening or this morning. One of the things that happened, and I'm not patting myself on the back, I'm just recognizing that this could have been an issue, and I'm trying to nip it in the bud before it ever happens. One of the things you have to do when you are beginning anything, it could be flying, it could be driving a motor vehicle, it could be riding a motorcycle, it could be uh, skydiving, it, it doesn't matter. Whatever you do, anything that has an inherent risk involved, you need to have what we call in aviation, we call them our minimums. So for example, if you're going to go out and you're going to fly and the weather is, it's, it's marginal, it's not great, but it's not horrible. You know, there it, it's a 50, 50, it could go either way. You know, some days we might say, well, it's a bad day. I don't want to go flying to, maybe I don't want to go to wheeling. I don't want to go on a longer flight, but we'll just stay here around Fairmont and fly around. And if it gets worse, we'll land. If it doesn't, you know, then we might just fly a little further. But one of the things you have to do when you're new, especially, is you have to set up your minimums. You have to say, whenever I am out flying, my minimum is, we'll say, six square or uh, nautical. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm a little tired. It would be six statute miles of visibility, maybe, perhaps, uh, and maybe 15 knots of crosswind, direct crosswind. Those might be your minimums. If the wind is any faster than 15 knots, from the side, or if the visibility is below six, you know, statute miles, you could say, Hey, I'm not flying today. I'm going to stay on the ground. One of the things that happened to me while I was flying, the visibility was 10 miles, which is fine. That's, that's wonderful. But the ceiling was a little low. 
Now, I wanted to fly at 3,500 feet, but the ceiling was closer to about 33, 3,400 feet, which means you have to stay at least 500 feet below those clouds. And that was hard to do because I was trying to do maneuvers and I didn't want to end up too low. One of the things you can do when you're doing maneuvers is you can get to where you're not starting high enough. And especially when you're new, if there is some issue that comes along, if you pay attention to the heading indicator instead of looking at your altimeter or you're looking inside the cockpit and not paying attention to what's going on outside, you can get yourself into trouble. And I decided, you know what, I was seeing some drops on the windshield, the ceiling was coming down, I was not liking how things were looking, and I just decided I'm not going to go to Clarksburg. If I went to Clarksburg, there's a chance I might get kind of, you know, shut in to where the plane would be stuck there. I don't want to do that to other pilots. We do have pilots who can fly IFR, and I didn't want to get them stuck there. So I went ahead and came back to Fairmont, and I landed. Now, the thing that I was happy about, something I did that I'm proud of and that I, I am glad that I'm learning this early is I got on the ground and I was looking around and I was thinking, man, you know, the weather doesn't look too bad down here. Uh, in fact, it's looking pretty good towards Clarksburg. Maybe I'll go ahead and take off and go to Clarksburg. And then I thought, you know what? I had already made the decision to shut down. I made the decision to come back to Fairmont to get fuel and to put the plane away. And that's what I ended up doing. Now, there's a saying that a lot of people say in aviation, and that's it's far better to be on the ground wishing you're in the sky than being in the sky wishing you were on the ground. You know, they always say that takeoffs are optional, but landings are mandatory. And that's kind of how it goes. That plane will land, controlled or uncontrolled, and it's up to you to make the decision to get that plane safely on the ground and hopefully in a condition to where it can be flown again and where you can walk away. That is the goal of, of aviation, especially GA. So I say all that to say things have been going well, albeit a little bit slow, but that's okay. We're making constant strides moving forward, and I'm working towards this uh, private pilot's license. So hopefully that will go through uh, smoothly from here on out. Hopefully the plane stays airworthy, and hopefully the weather cooperates. That being said, the weather didn't cooperate this weekend. We were supposed to get hammered with eight to 12 inches of snow, and I'd say we got four, four and a half at most. And, you know, I didn't mind not getting all the snow. I was just kind of hoping if we're not going to get all the snow, at least the uh, runway could stay clear so I could fly because I was supposed to fly this evening. And so not only did we not get the snow we were supposed to get, but the runway was still covered in snow and I wasn't able to fly on my first night flight anyway. So that being said, uh, that's just the nature of weather here in West Virginia. It's not like Florida. It's not like California where you can fly just about any day of the week. It's just, it seems that the weather here in West Virginia is just not conducive uh, sometimes to flight training. And that's just, that comes with the territory. But that being said, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm moving forward. We're pushing ahead and I'm starting a uh, private pilot ground school right now through the university. So I'm attending this ground school with students who are going to be in the aviation program at Fairmont State. Now, for those of you who are not aware, I'm not going through the flight portion of Fairmont State's uh, degree program. I'm in the uh, I'm in the management track, which is the aviation administration and management side. 
So I'm not doing my flight training through Fairmont State. However, they did see fit to allow me to take the ground school portion, which is what their pilots will take, their student pilots will take. So I'm using that to study so that I can take, excuse me, so that I can take my written test. And then once I take my written test, I'll be able to go ahead and work towards doing my oral and, uh, you know, your uh, oral exam, which is essentially your your check ride. You have an oral portion of it where you're going to talk with uh, a an examiner. He's going to make sure that you understand the basics that need to be known for aviation for a private pilot. And he's going to go over your test and he's going to see what you did poorly on. And those are some things he's going to hammer into. The ones that you did well on, he might not really go into that too much, but let's say weather was a problem for you or, uh, or, you know, trip planning or something like that. He'll go in and he'll try and figure out what's going on there and dig a little bit. And hopefully you can just tell them, hey, I made that mistake. It wasn't worded very well and I got confused. And once he sees that maybe it was an honest mistake, then you can move on. Once that's all said and done, then you move on towards the actual flight portion. And that's uh, in the AMP side, they call this a practical. So you have an oral and practical in AMP, which is your airframe and power plants license. When you're going for maintenance for aviation, that's what you have is you have the discussion portion. And then you have the practical where you actually do the hands-on work. You might make a, a wing spar or something. You might make a repair, whatever it is. Well, in the private pilot track, it's the same thing. You're going to have that that auditory, that that spoken check. And then you're going to do the, the flight portion where you're going to go over the maneuvers and things that you need to know. And the whole goal in aviation now with the whole standards that they have, it's different than it was before. Before, they wanted to see that you could run that plane. They wanted to see the maneuvers and things of that sort, which they still do now. But now it's all about attitudes. It's all about safety. It's all about mindset. You are mitigating risk to the best of your ability. Those are the things that they're worried about now. They're wanting to make sure that you are going to make good decisions and that you're going to err on the side of caution and you're going to try and keep people safe. That is their goal now. So I say all that to say, what happened? I wish I could have kept flying. That was just a day when the weather was perfect and I wanted to just keep or the weather on the second flight was just perfect. I wanted to keep going, but you have to know your limitations. And I'm, I'm glad that I had the opportunity. I'm glad that Sam allowed me to fly on my own. I'm looking forward to being able to do more of that. Uh, pretty soon it will be time for me to do cross countries. And I'm looking forward to those longer flights because I think that's where the training is really going to start kicking in, where you're going to start putting these things together. So now that I've said that, I need to jump into the goal or the uh, the outline, what I was hoping to talk about, the title for this episode, I wanted to talk about weight loss. So one of the things, if you've known me for any length of time, you know that I've kind of struggled with being a larger person. And one of the things that kind of drives me crazy is the fact that, uh, you know... <sighs> I think what it is, whenever you're a bigger person, you know, everybody just, you know, sees that they think that you deserve it. You know, that's what you get for the lifestyle that you live. And, and you're just a, a person who is maybe disorganized or not responsible or things of that sort. And be that as it may, hey, you know what? That might be true. Uh, I'm not as organized as I'd like to be. Um, I don't do things the way I'd like to. You know, I, I, I look back upon the Bible you read that's... Uh, <laughs> Man, leave the meal. Just leave me alone, guys. I'm getting notifications here for work. Uh, um, sorry. 
I uh, got done with work a little early this morning and, uh, and they're trying to, uh, trying to give me a heads up on what's going on. You know, I, I got things done and, uh, I was waiting for somebody to show up, but I guess because of the weather, they didn't show up this week. Normally they're here Sunday night. Well, he's just getting ready to leave now. So he won't be here till Thursday morning, um, or Wednesday morning. I'm sorry. Let me get back to where I was going though. The, the thing is you have people who they want to blame you for the uh, condition that you're in. And Hey, I take full responsibility. My life has not been the best, uh, as far as exercise and, and getting out and staying active, things of that sort. Uh, and one of the excuses I've used, and it, it is a, an excuse, but it's an excuse. <laughs> it fits, but it also is just an excuse because we all have 24 hours in a day. But whenever you're truck driving, one of the biggest things, and I might have said this before, but when you're truck driving, you spend all day driving, you're eating or snacking all day long and talking all day long uh, on the phone or, or, you know, you're eating to pass the time. And then once you get done, you want to have an actual meal. So truck drivers, a lot, a lot of the time will go into the truck stops, get a nice meal. And you've been driving and you might've been talking to some friends or family on the phone, but you still want to talk to an actual physical human being. So oftentimes we'll go into those truck stops and sit down and have a meal and talk with someone that is in there, another truck driver. And it's, it's just something that you look forward to. Well, the problem is it's so easy to overeat when you're in those situations because you're not moving very much. You're, you're mentally tired. Your body, your body is physically tired from just sitting in one place all day. And, uh, and you're mentally tired because there's a lot of mental activity that goes on driving a truck when you're trying to keep people safe you have to pay attention to what's going on but physically your body's not doing much and you know it's not good for you you can get uh blood clots and things in your legs if you're not moving you know being a little younger i never think about those things but it's not healthy to just sit there all day yet that's what our truck drivers have to do that being said i'm looking at how things are and you know, do I wish that I was, you know, under 200 pounds? Do I wish I was 175? Absolutely. Uh, do I wish that it was easier? Do I wish that it wasn't so stressful to, to be at the weight that I am? Sure. Um, I, I can't tell you how tiring it is when it doesn't matter how much sleep you get, you just feel like it's not enough. And those of you who know me know that I don't typically get as much sleep as I'd like to. Um, and that's probably not very helpful either for weight loss. But the goal that I've had, what I've hoped to do, I'm not, I'm not too terribly um, convinced that it's going to happen. But what I really wanted to have happen this year is before I get too old, I was hoping to get down to a weight where I could be accepted into the Air Force. I don't know if I've told many people that. It's something that has been on my mind for a while. And... Um, you know, I've always felt bad that I didn't go into the services. I, I've seen a lot of my family members go in, friends and family, and um, it's always bothered me. I used to, at one point, I used to see people who were in the military as being better than me. And there are some, there are some people in my life, uh, friends, family, and, and uh, people at the college, you know, that are past or present military that I look up to. And, you know, those people I do look up to, and I, I do believe that they're better people than me, but I don't necessarily believe that all people who have served are better than me. Um, there are some people who have served that 
I just don't agree with them politically at all. Doesn't mean I hate them. I just despise their, you know, their, their politics. I despise their ideology. Um, it kind of confuses me how someone could be in the military and, and fight for your country, but want to fundamentally change your country. I, I don't, I don't get that, you know, for all of our flaws and this country does have flaws, but for all of our flaws and for all of our issues, this is still the fairest and best country in the world. In my opinion, this is where everyone wants to come to. And, you know, I don't mean to get off on a tangent, but it, it does drive me crazy when we have people who seem to hate the way our country is or the way our country was, uh, and want to see our country go down and no longer be the world's superpower. I don't think that's a recipe for success. I think that's a, a recipe for disaster. And there's no other country in the world that I wouldn't want to be under their uh, authority. You know, that's one of the things. I, I have my problems with our federal government. I have our my problem with our politicians. I have issues with our leaders. However, uh, for all their flaws, it's still a better place than anywhere else in the world, in my opinion. That being said, I wanted to talk about weight loss here just real quick. I don't have much time left, but I wanted to talk about a few things here. And here are, uh, it's according to this article, it's 20 common reasons why you're not losing as much weight as you expected. Now, this was written by a Chris Gunners, um, and this is in, let's see, it's healthline.com is the website. And when I was reading through these, here are a few things, and I'll go with you uh, step by step on some of these and kind of go over some things. And according to this, it says, whenever you lose weight, your body fights back. You may be able to lose quite a bit of weight at first without much effort. However, weight loss may slow down or stop altogether after a while. This article lists 20 common reasons why you're not losing weight, and it also contains actionable tips on how to break through the plateau and to get things moving again. Now, before I start, let me say this. Every single time I put every food that I eat into my fitness pal, I lose weight. Every time I'm accountable, I lose weight. However, what invariably happens is I put everything in there. Things are going well. I'll lose 15, 20, 25, 30 pounds, whatever. And then I get to a point where I plateau and I'll wait and I'll wait a week. I'll wait two weeks and I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing the same thing and just pushing through doing what was working all along and nothing happens. You hit this plateau and it's so demoralizing. And people say, well, Kevin, you can't expect to get, you know, slim overnight. You didn't get heavy overnight. Well, the difference was I didn't an anticipate or plan to get heavy overnight either. Uh, and whenever I'm trying to lose weight, I'm, I'm act actively trying to lose weight. That's the thing that gets upsetting when people think, well, it's going to take time to come off. Well, it took time to go on too. Um, you know, it's not like it just went on overnight, but when you're actively trying to take it off and it doesn't come off, that's when it kind of gets upsetting. And that's when it gets so easy to just give up. And I'll admit every single time that I've done it, I've lost weight. And then I hit a plateau and I quit. And it's so, it's so tiring, you know? Um, I know people are saying, well, you just need to have better, uh, you know, you just need to have better willpower. Well, that's that's one of the things I lack, I guess, if that's the case. First of all, it says maybe you're losing weight without realizing it. And essentially it's saying that, um, you know, if you hit this plateau, don't fret about it because, you know, you might be losing fat. Uh, muscle weighs more than fat. And if you're losing uh, weight as far as you're not losing weight, rather, 
you might be losing a lot of fat and gaining a little bit of muscle. That might be the case. And I've had that too, where I'm exercising and I'm getting stronger, but my weight either doesn't go down or it actually goes up. And that just, that's tough. That's very tough. I don't care how strong I am. I never want to see the weight go up. And that can be very tough. Uh, another one, you're not keeping track of what you're eating. Like I said, uh, maybe if, if it was tomato packets or something like that, something small like that, I might not keep track of. But for the most part, I do a pretty good job of keeping things in my fitness pal whenever I'm doing that. And I've, like I said, every time I do that, it works. That being said, I don't think that's my biggest problem. Uh, you're not eating enough protein. So it's saying eating protein at 25 to 30% of your calories can boost metabolism by 80 to 100 calories a day. Well, 80 to 100 calories a day sounds great. And I've heard this said before, the people who gain weight um, are typically people who eat about 10 calories extra every day. If you have 10 calories extra a day, that's one pound of fat over the course of a year, I think. I might be wrong on that. I believe that's correct. 3,500 calories, essentially, something like that. So when people gain weight every year, one or two pounds a year, that's 20 or 30 calories a day. It's not a lot. You can gain weight so easily with such a small amount of calories. But 80 to 100 calories a day is not much. Uh, they're saying if you can you know, drop that down, then, then you can save that. However, let's just say 100 calories a day, you're still looking, um, you know, in one month, that's only one pound of fat just uh, eating protein. Maybe that makes a difference. But for me, somebody who needs to lose about 100 pounds, you know, 100 calories just doesn't seem like it's going to cut it. One of the nice things I will say about MyFitnessPal, and this isn't sponsored by them, by the way, but it does keep track of your weight as you lose it, and it does adjust your calories for that, which helps. Um, so anyway, this is, is talking about just make sure that you eat uh, something that's high in protein. I do have to keep track of protein. My body uh, has an issue with uh, uric acid levels, and the breakdown of protein can contribute to those acid levels. So that is something you have to pay attention to. So as with anything, you can't just, oh, well, more protein's better, so I'll just load up on all protein. No, that's not it. You need to, you need to be, uh, you know, commonsensical about things. Uh, four, you're eating too many calories. Well, like I said, that, that could be a problem, but for me, that wasn't a big deal. Um, number five, you're not eating whole foods. And that's mostly about eating things that are, um, you know, less processed. The better you eat, the more quality foods you eat, the more you're going to be full and satiated. You're not going to want to eat these things that just don't seem to last. I've noticed if I go to McDonald's and I eat a meal within two or three hours, I'm ready to eat again. Whereas if you have a big meal, like a lasagna, spaghetti, something like that sits on your stomach, uh, you're not hungry again for six, seven hours. Uh, you're not lifting weights. That's one of the things that I did do. Uh, I have a membership to Planet Fitness. I was doing pretty well with that. And uh, I did um, pull a couple muscles and I had to go see the chiropractor about uh, some back pain. And uh, it's made it easy for me to just quit going to the gym. But that's what I need to get back to because I was doing well when I was going. Excuse me. Uh, talks about binge eating. Uh, sure, sure. That's that's easy to to get into. Uh, where you just say, you know what, I'm not losing, so I'm just going to do what makes me happy. And that never really seems to work. Uh, you're not doing cardio. Um, that might be the case. Um, 
one of the effective ways to improve your health. Sure. It'll improve your health. However, um, you, from what I understand, if you're doing weight loss, you don't want to do a whole lot of cardio. You want to do more resistance training. So from what I heard, just a rough estimate, don't do any more cardio in, in terms of minutes uh, than you do lifting weights. You should be at least 50-50, if not a little bit less on cardio than lifting. You're still drinking sugar. Sure, if people are drinking pop, uh, regular pop, things of that sort, that's not good. And fruit juices. This is another one that we don't think about. A lot of people say, well, you just need to have your fruit. You're not eating your vegetables. Drink your fruit juice. Well, fruit juice has a ton of sugar. And... Uh, and this here says that one single glass can contain the same amount of sugar as several pieces of fruit. So, sure, that's one of the things. Uh, not cutting back on carbohydrates, eating too often, uh, not drinking water. Those are all issues. Um, I don't drink alcohol, uh, not eating mindfully. Uh, but one of the things that I see here that is most important to me is this right here. You're not sleeping well. This is probably one of if not my biggest problems. It says good sleep is one of the most important factors for your physical and mental health as well as your weight. Studies have shown that poor sleep is one of the single biggest risk factor. <laughs> I am tired, <laughs> which is why I'm not sleeping. Um, it says it's one of the single biggest risk factors for obesity. Adults and children with poor sleep have a 55 to 89% greater um, risk respectively for developing obesity. And it says that uh, lack of quality sleep is a strong risk factor for that. And it could hinder weight loss. So that being said, that's probably one of my biggest things that I need to be paying attention to is, is sleep, getting more rest, getting more downtime. And whenever I do have that downtime to be getting some sleep and that's what I need to do now. I'm like I said, I'm, I'm done with work for the night. And I'm going to be passing out here shortly. Last but not least, it has your expectations are uh, unrealistic. And like I said before, uh, maybe they're a bit unrealistic. But whenever you are focused on something, you want things to happen quickly. Uh, and it says here that weight loss is generally a slow practice. Many people lose patience before reaching their goal. And it's, um, you know, you can lose weight fast in the beginning, but... Um, you know, few people can continue doing much more than one to two pounds a week. So that is the thing, like I said, that bothered me was I would lose weight, it'd come down, and then that scale would just kind of sit there. And that just, you know, really, really ticks you off. It really uh, hinders your, your, you know, your drive and your motivation. And that's one of the things that I need to remember is it's going to happen and to expect that and just to keep doing what you're doing. Uh, and maybe change up your workout a little bit, throw your body a little bit of a curveball, but don't give up. And that's my problem is every single time I've given up, you know, like I said before, to wrap this up, um, you know, when you're a bigger person, everybody feels perfectly okay. You know, bringing that to light. I would never tell somebody that, Oh, you're skinny as a rail. You need to eat some food. But yet when you're a bigger guy, Hey buddy, and you know, you, we're going to eat some pie. You ought to come down too. I'm sure you'd love that. You know, it's like, why would you bring that up? Why do you have to remind somebody that they're, that they're dealing with something like that? You know, I would never pick on somebody that had a mental issue, someone who, uh, you know, was suicidal, someone who is schizophrenic, someone who was dealing with something that, that maybe they have little to no, um, ability to do anything about. 
And when people act as that, well, you're heavy and you've always been heavy, so you've never tried. That's a lie. I've tried all the time. I, you think I want to be a bigger guy? You think that I like being asked, hey, come lift stuff. You're a big guy. You can lift stuff. Well, no, I I don't want to go lifting things either. I don't want to go moving things at your house. I'll, I'm willing to come help you. But you understand I'm lifting weights every single day. The last thing I want to do is lift more weights, helping you move things. Um, get get someone who's a little bit in better shape. You know, they can pick up a lot more than I can, uh, at least for longer terms of time or, you know, lengths of time. It's just one of those things. I, I think, um, you know, when you're bigger, uh, no pun intended, people expect you to have bigger skin, you know, thick skin. And I guess you do, but you sooner or later you get tired of that. And, um, you know, um, that's my big thing. I, like I said, I'm, I'm hoping to change this. I'm hoping to do something about it, but in the meantime, it's, it's tough. And, um, you know, you go to school all day, you get to work at night. You're trying to learn to fly in the meantime, you know, trying to run a fraternity, trying to get to church, make sure that you're up on all of those things and then spend time with friends and family. Uh, it doesn't leave a whole lot of time for yourself to do anything other than what you've already got going on. And uh, I know we all have that same 24 hours in a day, but sure seems to me that some people aren't nearly as busy as I am. Um, and, you know, it's just maybe, maybe things need to be cut out. And lastly, you know, one of the things I need to learn to do is just say no. Far too often people say, hey, could you do this? Could you do this? Could you do this? And I hate to say no because I want to, I am a people pleaser. I want to, you know, I want people to be happy with me. I want people to be, um, you know, satisfied with me. And uh, it's very tough to say no to somebody when they're so used to hearing you say yes all the time. But sometimes I guess we have to look after ourselves. And I'll wrap it up this way. You know, they tell you if you have um, family that's uh, maybe has cancer or is dealing with somebody like that, they tell you that you too need to take care of yourself first. You can't be there for them if they're, if you're not taking care of yourself first. And maybe that's something I need to do is, is to start taking care of myself before I start looking at what I can do for others. Well, guys, thanks for stopping by. Sorry it's been a while, but uh, we're back and we're going to get into it. Hopefully we're going to have our pilot's license soon. And I'm uh, looking forward to having some more episodes. So take care, guys, and thanks for coming along. We'll see you later.